Now grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I stated earlier this evening, uh, our theme this evening is the wounds of stealing. And we focus on that commandment, thou shall not steal. You know, this commandment that prohibits stealing addresses more than the matter of our paying taxes. It encourages us to look out for the well-being of our neighbors, their welfare, through love and justice on their behalf. This false charge against Jesus, that he forbade the payment of taxes to the emperor, was really only an attempt by dishonest spies who sought to trap Jesus. And at the trial of Jesus before Pilate, they would try to use this incident as an attempt to make Jesus out to be a revolutionary figure. But Jesus, in Luke chapter 20, silences their craftiness by saying to them, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus didn't steal. We all know that. But his mission was certainly revolutionary. And yet his calling us to give God the things that are God's is at least partially an indictment for all the ways in which we have stolen ourselves from God. You know, in the culture in which we live, stealing is becoming more and more commonplace on a daily basis. People today need not only to be protected from having their physical things stolen, but God knows they need to be protected from having their own identities stolen. I mean, with all the scam calls that go on, the phishing emails and everything else uh, that people do to lay traps, it's just an atrocity to see the amount of stealing uh, that goes on in this world. Entitlement, greed, selfishness, unequal wealth distributions reign supreme among the haves and the have-nots among the poor and the hungry continue to go on without. It's hard It's not hard to find evidence for all the ways that people look out only for themselves and honestly, at the same time, take advantage of their neighbors. I personally find it appalling of all these scams, and and especially out at the Haven, I hear it more and more of people coming to me and saying how they got taken in an email and lost money in a phone scam or something like that. I've seen it in my own neighborhood with some of my own neighbors, and I'm sure that you've experienced it yourselves, either personally have been a part of, you know, uh, entrapped in that or, or experienced it through your friends and your neighbor groups. And can't people just go out and work for a living? Wouldn't that be nice? Isn't that a novel concept? But, you know, people who work hard for an honest living suddenly can find themselves destitute by those who seek dishonest gains. And how often do we ourselves steal from God? through our actions and our words, through selfishness or hoarding that which he has blessed us with and not using it appropriate for the benefit of his kingdom. I remember a story by uh, Zig Ziglar about a thief named Emmanuel Nenger, who back in 1887 uh, had gone to buy some turnips at a a small neighborhood grocery store. And as he went to pay for him, he pulled out a $20 bill. Now, that's a lot of money back in 1887. He pulls out this $20 bill and hands it to the clerk. And as the clerk grabbed the bill, the turnips were wet and her hand was wet and some of the ink started to come off the $20 bill. And she thought it was really odd. She had known Mr. Nanger her entire life. He couldn't possibly be a counterfeiter. What was going on here? So she made change and gave it to him and he left. Well, she said, you know, $20 is $20. So she called the local authorities and the authorities came down to investigate. 
Guy's search warrant went to Mr. Nanger's house. Sure enough, in the attic, they found that he had set up a printing scheme using a paintbrush and paint to paint a $20 bill. Well, in the meantime of finding all that, they noticed that he had painted three beautiful masterpiece paintings. They were sitting off in the corner of his attic. So they sold those paintings off to the tune of $16,000. That's a little over $5,000 per painting. Now, here's the irony of it all. It took Mr. Nanger every bit as long to paint a $20 bill as it did to paint five pieces or three pieces worth $5,000 a piece. And in the end, who did he end up stealing for uh, more from? Himself. I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, uh, here's this guy who's so creative. He was a master artist in all this who would paint $20 bills. And he's got $5,000 masterpieces sitting in his attic. You know, when we steal from others, when we steal from God, we really are stealing from ourselves. Robbing ourselves of the honor and privilege of being called a child of God. Tarnishing the holiness given to us by Christ. Ruining the righteousness that we were clothed in through the works of Christ. But that is what stealing is. Taking advantage of others. Acquiring from others by unjust means. Even robbing ourselves in the process. And this just judgment for this would be more than we could ever bear. Jesus took his place in the middle of two thieves. Himself crucified as a criminal. Though he never committed a crime. He never stole, but he suffered as one who did. Christ suffered and died for you and for me and for the world. The very heart of God is wounded in the death of Jesus for the sins of the world. But by his wounds, we are healed. The healing that God brings to us through Christ frees our hearts and our lives from judgment. We trust that because of Jesus, we are no longer regarded as criminals with whom Jesus associated even in death, but as children of the Heavenly Father, graced deeply and daily by His love. In the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, the son who sought his father's inheritance essentially wished his father to be dead so that he could take his portion and live on his own. As we know from the parable, his plan didn't work out very well, did it? The son comes home with a sense of his wrongdoing, his step from his father, uh, from the father's good graces. But the father is extravagant in his grace upon his son's return, running to him and embracing him and throwing a feast in his, in his honor. The elder son knew his younger son only as a thief of the father's property. And his heart was cold to, be, to both the merciful father and the son who was welcomed home. But even though this elder son is without mercy, the father had an abundance of it. God welcomes home all of us who are thieves and criminals, living in ways that are contrary to his will. We all get to come home in mercy that does not leave us in the judgment of death, thankfully. This mercy reaches out to the elder son as well, seeking to melt his cold heart with the mercy of God's abundant gifts. You know, the healing of Jesus' wounds empowers us then to be agents for, of love for our neighbors. We get to take our place with them, among them, for their good and their well-being. 
we get to look after our neighbors, trusting that God is doing all the looking out for us. And instead of looking over our shoulder, we can be people using the head on our shoulders uh, to imagine ways of greater giving and goodness towards other people. As Jesus would say in his Sermon on the Mount, do not resist an evildoer, but give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. We're givers because of the gift that we have received in Christ Jesus. And now near the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we hear a parable about the sheep and the goats. And the goats are those who have spent their lives butting others out from the trough, seeking to get to the head of the line, and not caring all that much about the poor sheep that they trample upon. Yes, the sheep. The sheep, on the other hand, have looked out for others to provide for their neighbors as needs arise. Now, this parable is not meant for us to reduce its meaning to, I don't know, sheer moralism. It's a parable more about faith. Those who trust in Jesus live and move like, like little Christs in the world, caring for the many needs of people. They see their neighbors as important. Treasures in God's eyes. Creatures and children of the one God who has given them to us to love. The sharing of love, even at the cost of personal wounds to us, is the giving to God the things that are God's. Jesus did this for you and for I. We get to live as the ambassadors because of Jesus' love for us, as ambassadors of his love for others, so that others can be enriched by God just as we are. And to God be all the glory. Amen.